The following is a presentation of Play Fly Sports Properties and Michigan State Sports Properties. It is Thursday, April 6th. I'm your host, Jason Strayhorn, along with my co-host, J.U. Choo Choo Culcrit. Otis is down in Jumanji land in Disney on assignment. He just tried to get in, but it was a little loud. I mean, we saw princesses. We saw castles, right, Chew? Now they're on the way to see Pinocchio. Yeah, on his way to see Pinocchio. So we're going to leave that out of here. Thank you for watching the show live. We've got uh, special guest everybody wants to hear from. But, you know, don't forget to click the subscribe and like buttons on YouTube. Enter the chat. Ask questions. We'll answer live. Ask something for Ike. If you got something, you know Ike's going to be on here. But don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. This is how to do that. Thanks for tuning in to This is Sparta MSU. Interested in hearing more from us? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Click on the link in the bio to head to our link tree for more information. Help us grow our following by hitting the like and subscribe buttons. Tell your friends and family to do the same. Have an idea for a future episode? Let us know in the comment section below. And now, back to the show. Choo Choo, you know what today is? What is today? It's not our anniversary. <laughs> it is National Student Athlete Day today. Happy happy. National Student Athlete Day. There you go. Very nice. Uh, great day to commiserate these uh, athletes who put it all out there on the line. Um, you know, coming into a school, you have the load of, you know, the academics and the athletics. As John L. would say, you're a student first, an athlete second. And she put up the number two, then the number one. So it was okay. a little backwards there. For the I know. That's podcast. what he would say. I know. I, I know. <laughs> For those who aren't visual, you get on the YouTube and you'll see what Jay was doing. Mm. But just for those who what that's that's it. Athletes first. No, student first. Oh, student, student, student first. That's it. Athlete second. <laughs> Otis Wiley says, My guys have a good show tonight. He jumped on. We'll do the best that we can. Hello, pancakes. What's up, everybody? Rolanda. Yes, like and share. Drop those stacks. We love it. We love it, man. Hey, and choo-choo, like this past weekend, you were at a celebrity bowling event with none other than Drew Stanton. Talk a little bit about that. 
yeah, you know, Drew came on and he talked about his bowling event there for the Special Olympics. And, uh, you know, it was a great event. A bunch of former guys came out there, even, uh, you know, for Lions fans. Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron, he Megatron. made an appearance there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good cause. You know, it was really cool to run into some, uh, you know, former teammates uh, of mine and, uh, you know, and see exactly where all the the um, – the funds and everything goes to is these uh, these uh, kids, you know, for Special Olympics and everything like that. They were there, and some of these kids could bowl. You know, these they, they could bowl. So it was really it was really cool, and it was a good um, good experience. If you have an opportunity to uh, sign up uh, next year, uh, definitely do that. My team did come in second place. Uh, the winning team, uh, you know, Greg Jones's t- uh, team was the winning team and he had a ringer on there who's bowled a couple of 300 games in his day. So, Oh, so, so, so we were talking about, there was some like setting the deck action going on there by Greg Jones. You know, who else was there? I saw Greg in the pictures. Dougie Fresh saw that. Who yeah. Greg Jones was there. Uh, Keith Nickel. Mm-hmm. Um, look, uh, it's escape. Can you pull the picture back up there, Pete? Um, yeah. Uh, Richard Bryce, uh, Ross Weaver, uh, yeah, so uh, there's Greg Jones. Uh, yeah, good time, man. You know, everyone came. You know, there was good food, good drinks. The drinks were flowing. Let me man, tell you. I, you called from there, and I heard a lot of he's a jolly good fellow. I mean, <laughs> it, must, it was going on in there. <laughs> he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> hey, Tony G's checking in from the sky over Omaha, Nebraska. Pick up some steak for us. Hey, Tony G, <laughs> on the side. We'll, we got a little thin crowd, but we got a lot of content you know we're going to talk about that in a second you know but let's promote this guys we're having our first msu this is sparta msu that is subscriber special event it's going to be at the field house in east lansing right after the spring game april 15th at 5 p.m you're gonna have we're gonna just tell you right now jacoby winman cal halliday and king kong keon coleman will all be in attendance. So we got a receiver that's just dynamite and two special linebackers, guys. Chew, uh, this is going to be a special event, and you're going to be in rare form, right? Absolutely. It's going to be great. I can't wait for this event here. You know, the, the, big, the best thing about this event that I can't wait for is just to hang out with everybody, all the people that, that gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays to, to make this show what it is, you know, have the opportunity to come there kick back, have a, have a bevy or two or three or four, and, you know, just, you know, have a good time. That's right. Always drink responsibly. As Steve Smith just said, make sure you're subscribed. That's easy to do because this is what's going to happen. You're going to come to Fieldhouse. You're going to see Choo Choo. He's going to be right at the door. <laughs> Check in phone. So you got your cell phone. Everybody's got one of these. Everybody's got YouTube on their phone. He'll teach you how to do it. It's not that hard. He'll help you out. Doesn't cost you a thing. It helps us out a whole lot. Choo-choo, that's your job. We didn't talk about this, but <laughs> we've just decided as a group oh, behind yeah. the scenes that you're the man for the job. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> It'll be fun. Choo-choo going to wear that pink paisley jacket. <laughs> that's the – well, what will you wear? That's the other thing, man. You what you thinking? To, you have to show up to be to see. You got to show up to see. Well, look, we're going to get to our special guest after this message from our friends over at IHOP. Introducing IHOP's new Eggs Benedicts. When you take a poached egg, 
added to a crispy English muffin, fire roasted poblano peppers, and shredded beef with our rich and buttery hollandaise sauce. You don't just get our handcrafted new eggs benedicts on your plate, you get a smile on your plate. New Eggs Benedicts in four delicious flavors, only from IHOP. So you ever been to Ohio? To Ohio? Have I Ohio, been? Ohio, yeah. The, the Ohio. Ohio. OH10. I, I try to stay out of Ohio. You try to stay away from it? Yeah. You ever been to Cincy? No, I haven't been. I've been to Cincy only like when we played the Bengals, you know. Uh, that's it, in and out. And, you know. Man, look, we got the dudes like this. Dudes, dudes Cincinnati. This is the reason. (laughs) Spartan dog through and through. Ike Reese joins the show. What's What's up, Ike? Don't don't be talking bad about the OHTN in Cincinnati, man. Come on. Because, you know, I was going to say, you know, Ohio's like that, like like the armpit of America. Well, Well, here's the thing. Cincinnati and Michigan State has had a great relationship, right? Right? We've had a great relationship. And so, obviously, there are plenty of players that have come out of Cincinnati that that went on to Michigan State to do some great things. And quite frankly, if you're talking about football in the Midwest, it's Ohio football that's the best. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's when you're going to get your best football. Ohio, come on, man. Ohio players are better than Michigan players. Or Illinois jumps in. Indiana, I mean, we got a few. We got some hoopers. We got a few. Basketball, man. That's bad. It's all hoop. It's all hoop. I mean, Choo Choo, you know, he claims that Western New York, though. So it's a whole different subject right there. And Western New York. Western New York can't actually claim anything. Like, really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? The only true, the only true NFL team in the state of New York, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I won't argue about that. Yeah. Dogs coming in. Those other two teams are in Jersey. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're right about that. No, so I talk about your days going back to Cincinnati, like when you were at Aiken High. And who, who recruited you to Michigan State? I know you have a couple of schools that you were looking at. So, like, who are those oh, schools man. that recruited you? I got to tell you, I, well, Kip Waddell was my um, primary, was my recruiting uh, guy out of Cincinnati. And I had met Kip. It's, it's funny because Kip coached my older brother uh, when Kip was in Cincinnati coaching at Hughes High School before he went on and coached at Western Hills. Where, and here's the ironic part about that. Uh, God bless the dead and rest our brother, uh, Tuda Rob Shirelles, mm-hmm. uh, who was at Western Hills. He's also from Cincinnati. And he was he he was part of the '92 class uh, that came to Michigan State, but we played in the same conference. And Kip was actually down there to check up on uh, some other Western Hills players. They just happened to be playing us, and Tuda was the quarterback of that team. And I happened to have a good game that game. And that's how he saw me. So that's how I actually got recruited. He wasn't even there to see me. He was there to see Tuda and I think like three or four other players. Western Hills was a pretty good school at that time. 
out of uh, uh, Cincinnati football. And like I said, I just happened to have a good game that game, and that's how he noticed me, and that's how I got on the radar for Michigan State was playing against arguably one of the best teams in the city at that time. And by the way, they beat the snot out of us, but but I played well that game, and that's how I got noticed. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that that's counts. That's, that's all it really matters. Yeah. So, you know, so you're getting recruited there. And so what was that uh, transition? You know, what made you, what was the decision? What drew you to Michigan State? And what was it like when you first came to Michigan State? Was it a culture shock? Was it, you know, what was it? it, it hey, choo-choo, it was all of that. So, <laughs> so here's the funny thing, right? <laughs> I played one year in high school of football. Oh. And that's, and that's only because... The football coach, who was also my gym teacher, uh, Mike Brown, he needed more guys to come out for the team. And I was playing basketball in high school at that time. I, I you know, we I had my hoop dreams at that time about, about being a basketball player. And it's funny, he came to me after the season, and he was like, "Listen, man, I know you love basketball, but if you want to play athletics at the high school." Basketball ain't gonna get it done for you, man. Like so, <laughs> I that was his way of kind of trying to tell me that I ain't as good as I think I am. You know I mean, as a basketball player, and he's like, "Son, you got a brighter future if you give this a shot versus playing that." So, I go out for the football team. Obviously, I, as I'm a raw athlete, I'm just a raw athlete playing football, and they do the best they can with me. And so I didn't get recruited by very many schools. So uh, I think the only schools I got offered from was Michigan State, uh, University of Cincinnati, University of Illinois, and uh, Ball State University. So a lot of people don't realize also, fellas, I didn't play my senior year uh, in high school. So that was my junior year that I played. So. Yeah, I only played one year of high school football. Uh, I played wow. one year of high school football my junior year. Yeah. It's a, it's a, and you so, skipped it. You skipped the senior season. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily say I skipped it. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you were told to skip it. <laughs> it certainly wasn't by choice. So, so, so long story short. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I dropped out of high school in the 10th grade. Okay. So I dropped out of high school in the 10th grade. I was at a different school. And so I transferred from the school that I was at to the, to Aiken High School, the school I wound up going to and graduating from, because a little league basketball coach that, that had, had, had remembered me from our days of playing in little league basketball wanted me to come over to Aiken High School to be a part of their basketball program. But I lived on the other side of town. So I really wasn't in that school district. So forget about the part I dropped out of high school. We don't need to go deep into that part. I, 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 was, I, was, I was in the other stuff at that time. Yeah, so, so. All a work in progress. Yes, right, yes, right, yes, right, right. <laughs> this is good, though. This is a message to a lot of people who are going through the similar, similar right. thing. Right. Yeah. So, so when they got me over there, it was the best place for me. It was structure. 
It was a structured yeah. environment. It was something that I gravitated to, but because of the basketball team, I gravitated to them. We were a pretty good basketball team in the city and in the state. And so football, really, I only played because, again, the gym teacher, who was the high school football coach at the time, Mike Brown, persuaded me to come out to play. So I wasn't necessarily a highly recruited football player out of high school. And the schools that were interested in me, once I, once I was ineligible to play my senior year, not because of grades, but for the simple fact it was my fifth year in high school. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so that made me ineligible, even though I hadn't necessarily participated in sports all throughout high school. I'd only participated in sports for two years. And so long story short, I was ruled ineligible. A lot of the attention that I was getting sort of dried up. And Michigan State stuck with me. Like, mm -hmm. Michigan State stuck with me. They, they understood the circumstances I was in. And they thought enough of me and my potential to say, you know what? We still want to offer this kid a full scholarship. So, and when I took the visit to Michigan State, here's the funny thing. I had visits set up to Cincinnati and Illinois after Michigan State. I took the visit to Michigan State, and I loved it so much. The first night I was there, I committed the next day. I, I committed that Saturday, yeah. I, I committed that Saturday. I mean, you got to realize, I'm coming from the hood in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And the very fact that, and you guys know what I'm talking about when I said, the very fact that I was getting a steak, Baked potato and cheese <laughs> soup. Oh my goodness! I, right. Listen, I I said I better commit before they find out I I, I can't play football. <laughs> so they they didn't even realize I was more or less like that. Let me sign on the dotted line today before y'all change your mind. Before, before anybody changes their mind, let me go ahead and commit right now. And, and obviously the players, um, and I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it at the time. Um, I kind of realized it afterwards, once I got to Michigan State and became a student and a player there. But it was it was the perfect atmosphere for me. It it was what <clears throat> it was the thing that felt most like home to me. Mm. It felt like home. So all of my old heads, the Juan Hammonds, the Myron Bell, Ricardo Jackson, uh, Bryce Abrams, all these guys, Juan Hammonds, who was my uh, host. Like all these guys, they showed me so much love. I was like, oh, this is the place I have to be. This is where I have to be. And it's the Big Ten. I'm from the Midwest. Big Ten football is what it's all about. And I was like, man, you know what? Before they change their mind or anything, I'm like, dude, I'm here. I'm coming. I'm here. I'm here. I, I said, I said, we'll figure it out later. I'm like, we'll figure it out where it's the right spot later. But I'm in right now. I'm in. So, um, you know, one of the big things that. You know, because you just played football one year in high school. I, I played, you know, I didn't start playing football till like my 
freshman year in high school, but didn't know anything. You talked about raw talent and everything like that. Yeah. I didn't know anything. I was I was raw talent. I was just, you know, get ball, run, score touch. That's it. I didn't know the game of football. I didn't know how to read, <laughs> read a defense. I went to when I first came to Michigan State, we're in the running backs room, and the coach said, Hey, where's the mic? And I was like, you know how you, you have to identify the mic, but I was like, I don't know, sure. the other room. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that adjustment with learning the game for you? Right. <laughs> right. And and I was the same way. And and Choo Choo uh Shreya tell you. Oh yeah. You 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 remember old all you remember Reggie? Oh yeah, like, Reggie, come, Reggie, come on. Reggie That's the guy. Reggie basically taught me the game of football. Like he, he was bright. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and, he, and we were in the same recruiting class, and he was starting as a middle linebacker as a freshman. So I redshirted, and and so I would I didn't get to travel when they had road games. Mm. So I used to have to, I I used to have to have him explain to me what he was doing, what was the responsibilities of the linebackers in the defense back in our dorm rooms. Mm. So so we would we would record the games and he would have to go over film study with me just so I could understand it. So because I was afraid to ask questions in the mm. meeting room. Right. Because I didn't want anybody to know that I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, uh, did he did he talk to you in different terms so that you could understand it differently? Because oh, yes. sometimes yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He couldn't use football terminology with me. It was like <laughs> It was like all that, all that A gap, B gap, C gap stuff. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I was like, because in high school yeah. on defense, it was more or less see the football, go get it. Right. Like, when they hype the ball, go get whoever has the ball, go get them. Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, I had dreams of being a wide receiver. That's what I really wanted to be. I, <laughs> you know, I thought I could be a wide receiver. You know. And, and, and then, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, I want to score touchdowns. I don't, I don't want yeah, to of course. tackle people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and until I realized when I got, when I got up to Michigan state and I realized it's a different level of speed playing wide receiver at, in the big 10 than it is in high school in Cincinnati. So yeah, my dreams, I mean, my dreams of being, my dreams of being a wide receiver quickly uh, died. Don't don't let people don't try to let, let, let Ike fool you guys. I mean, Ike was one of the best athletes I ever seen. You in, in Nigeria. Thank you. Y'all, man, hey man, y'all used to run out of your bodies, man. I mean, the conditioning level. These kids have no idea <laughs> what you what they used to put us through. And y'all, you got I mean, the way you guys handle that. But like, talk about what you brought up with 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 Perlis. I mean. He took a chance on you. You barely had any film, right? You didn't yeah. have a lot of, you know, pedigree in that world, but he took a chance on you. Then, you know, look, looking at what, how, compared to how it is today, where guys have to win right now, they don't take a chance on a Nike Reese in Cincinnati right. today as they would. So, talk a little bit about that, the difference what you see from what you came out in versus today and the pressures that the coaches have. Yeah, it's it's so much different, and and, and I thank God I, I did come along at the time that I came, because I don't know if I would have been given the opportunity that Michigan State and George Perlis gave me. And I'm glad you brought up GP because I would eventually got to coach. Uh, God rest his soul as well. Um, man, if it, if not for him and his his uh, 
his ability to open his arms to guys that a lot of universities wouldn't touch if they come from the same background that some of us came from. Uh, we talk about being a Spartan dog and what it means and all those things. And I know that has evolved and changed the meaning behind it, but the core of it is, is, is still there. And a lot of it is you're, 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 you're one of those people that people didn't believe in, but you're a fighter and you've overcome certain obstacles and adversities in your life. And George Perlis had an affinity for those type of kids. And he saw, he saw potential in kids who didn't see potential in themselves. He saw potential in those kids that maybe didn't come from a pristine background and had some character flaws or issues, but just really needed guidance, maybe some tough love, some structure, things that you would get in two-parent households that are in middle-class America versus dealing coming up in a single-parent household in the inner city where you're surrounded by nothing but obstacles and adversities where people try to pull you down versus trying to help you uh, um, ascend in life. Like George Perlis was able to find plenty of those diamonds in the rough. And I thank God that he saw that in me to, to recruit me, not only recruit me, but to stick with me knowing that I didn't have necessarily the extensive background in football that most recruits have because he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself or believe in myself. I was more or less looking at getting going to Michigan State as an opportunity to get out of the circumstances I was in. I had no idea of the other avenues and opportunities that could be there and afforded to me by having an opportunity to go to a university like Michigan State not only go to a university like Michigan State, but not have necessarily the financial burdens that most students have when they attend college. I didn't have to worry about that. Like we didn't have to worry about that. And I, I man, it, it, it's, it's, when I think about the, the, the people that was placed in my life to help me get to where I'm at, um, I always start back in the beginning and it starts with him because he was the head coach and I don't care what coach recruits you at that time. If the head coach isn't on board and is willing to stick his neck out for you, because he could easily take that scholarship and give it to some other kid if he wanted to. But they believed in me. And I promise you that I, I, I never wanted to let them down or let him down or have him regret giving me that opportunity. And that was always a part of my driving force and and the motivation to not want to fail and succeed just so he and, and others that gave me that opportunity could be proud of me so yeah i i george perlis i i forever will always be indebted to him mm, man i mean it's I, you know you touch on a lot of points there man and you know when you look at you know what perlis used to always talk about man when you when you're tough you know, he looked for tough guys. That, that's his DNA like that he's yeah. looking for. You were one of those guys because he said, if you're tough, you can win. When you talked about overcoming different challenges, you know, based on your circumstances, you know, one parent versus two parent households and all those things. Yeah. You, you, you said you you we talked about this before you got on the show. Like if there, you know, a lot of times when you look at today's players 
and you go back in era, you know, different time, you know, times throughout the history of the game, they may or may not fit in those different eras. So, you know, looking at the linebacker position, basically, uh, linebackers when you and I played, some of them was you know, six, four, six, five, 260 pounds coming downhill. You know what I mean? Like that, that guy doesn't exist today, right? Not a linebacker. I mean, he got his hand in the dirt if he does anything, right? Yeah. But you are one of those rare guys that could go through almost any era and still be effective as a football player because of your toughness and the way you carried, you know, you wore your emotions on your sleeve was what all the football players gravitated towards in the locker room. But, you know, when you move from Perlis over to Nick Saban, he comes in, you know, <laughs> what is that like for you? You know, being the defensive guru and the probably arguably the all-time greatest coach of all time in college football history, like what was that like for you? It was a uh, it was a uh, eye-opening experience <laughs> uh, for somebody to have the knowledge of the game that he has and coaches with the passion uh, that he coaches with and what he demands out of his players. You know, you go from thinking you got it all figured out as a player, as a young player, and then you realize you don't know anything, right? <laughs> so I read, I red shirted my first year and then, you know, my first year of playing, which I believe would have been your freshman year straight in 94, yep. Yep. you know, I led the team in tackles as a freshman. As a red freshman, Rover. the team in tackles. I think I was second, I mean, or tied for second or first in sacks and tackles for losses, things of that nature. But Coach Perlis wound up getting fired, and Nick Saban came in. And uh, playing under Hank Buller, shout out to the great uh, defensive coach, Hank Buller, who was our defensive coordinator in 94. He used me a different way than what Coach Saban did. So to get to your, your question, I had to sort of learn how to play football all over again. Mm -hmm. So I had a coaching, I had a coaching staff prior mm -hmm. to him that allowed me to just go out there and be an athlete, go be yourself. We're not going to try to confuse you or bog you down with a bunch of different assignments and responsibilities. We want you to just go attack the football and let your athleticism take over. Nick Saban wasn't having that. Like, like Nick wasn't having that. He didn't recruit me. So I had to basically earn his respect. And because he was such a tactician when it came to defense, I don't care how good I felt I may have done in practice or in a game, like coach was going to let you know that wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like, that ain't good enough. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm putting it mildly. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah real loud. Yeah, exactly. He's going to you that ain't good enough. So, I'll tell you what, though, Stray, and you know this. What it did is it forced me to not be complacent. And so when I – so just when you think you've worked hard enough, you think you've done enough, and you can't do anymore – challenge yourself. I guarantee you, you can do more. I guarantee you, you can do better. And that's really what the message he was trying to push. But when, when you're young, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really come to this conclusion until years later. You know, like, yeah, I, was, I was already in the NFL by the time I came to that. Conclusion. <laughs> so, but, but it makes you, it makes you think back on it. And you're like, 
oh, okay, that's why he wanted me to do that. That's yes. why he wanted me to do that. So, yeah, I, I, I treasure, man, straight. Can you, like, we can honestly say, like, we played yeah. uh, for the greatest coach in college football history. There is no I mean, question. He is the greatest <laughs> coach in college yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I say arguably, just for those. I'm waiting on that person. <laughs> you got one person, <laughs> one fool. No, he is. He so, Ike. Um. So, coming from that, coming to Michigan State, going through Coach Perlis, and I thought, you know, the, the one thing I love about you know listening to you guys talk about like everybody. You have people that like, man, you know, I didn't like this coach, or people like coach. I haven't heard anybody that played for Perlis that didn't like him. Oh, you, no, you, I no. Mean, that's I a think, good, that's know, a good observation. You know, coming in there and seeing, you know, how people work, like going to these events, and he was there, like guys that played years in the league, like you. Like, he said, "Hey, coach, you good? You want me to get you a drink? You want me to do that?" Like that's just like I. And for me, as a as a you know, younger uh, Spartan dog, you know, is just looking at that for you guys. It's like, wow, this guy, this is like something that's really cool. And, you know, it's like you'd never really see anybody because some people have, you know, there's hit or miss with their coaches. Sure. And then you, mm -hmm. all the saints and, you know, like, I, you know, like who drives? <laughs> <laughs> the, the dummy. dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so all those things. So, but, you know, so coming from, you know, high school, playing a year of football coming in when did you know like man you know football could get me I could play at the next level like I can't I do have a shot when was that moment for you um you know what it's it's uh you know coach Pease he was our defensive coordinator uh mm -hmm. under coach Saban and I remember coach Pease talking to me my junior year and by the way man coach Pease man you're talking about you know when you have like you got the good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, like Nick. Nick didn't care about being the bad cop. Coach Saban didn't care about being. He loved that. Yeah, that yeah. Was You, you better hope your position coach wanted to be the good cop. <laughs> so, so, so Coach Pease, he was our defensive coordinator, and he was like the good cop. So, he, he's the one who told me my junior year. Cause I asked him, I flat out asked him, you know, did he think I was good enough to play at the next level? And, you know, he was honest with me. He told me the things you need to work on, you know, your size is always going to be an issue for people, but your toughness will always be something you can rely on. Your toughness and your, your, your speed, your athleticism be something you'll be able to rely on and your knowledge, but people will always wonder is he big enough to play uh, linebacker or is he big enough to hold up playing that position? And so he's the one who really got me to believe I could play at the next level. He really did. And that was my junior year. So it, it was after my junior year when I was thinking about coming out early. <laughs> That's a, I tell you. <laughs> Coach Saban found out I was thinking about coming out early. Yeah. He, wasn't, he wasn't happy about the, the way he found out about it. Um, because I actually thought, you and, and, and you guys know, um, former Spartan dog, Ike Mega Man Griffin. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, sideline so, reporter, way so, back, so, yeah. Yeah, so Ike was doing a radio show, radio show in Detroit back then. And he he... I still never get this. He brought me on 
And we were talking about, you know, just Michigan State stuff. And it was off the record where he and I was oh, talking. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was off the record when I was like, you know what, man? I'm actually thinking about coming out, man. And he went on the radio and said that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And he asked Coach Saban about it. And oh, Coach no. Saban, yeah, Coach Saban felt like he got blindsided and didn't yeah. know how to answer the question. Boy, you know, I got soon as you walk in there, as soon as I walk in that building, <laughs> like, yeah, Coach Saban on the scene. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what he wants, so I'm like, okay, what's up, Coach? I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God. So, so of course, of course, he yelled at me to nothing. I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't say that, Coach. I don't know what he's Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, man, hold on. So I forgot the question you asked me. <laughs> no, no, you were talking about like Dean Pease. Yeah, yeah like what when was the moment that you knew you were gonna yeah? Oh uh, yeah, so so definitely with that, but then back to Coach Purtis. So here's what Coach Purtis told me prior to um the draft when I came out. He said, he said, listen. Because I asked him what he thought about me playing at the next level. He said, listen, you're, you're going to get drafted. I don't know where you'll get drafted. It'll probably be in the middle of the late rounds, but you'll get drafted. He said, but you'll be a guy that will always have to prove that you belong. In other words, even if you get drafted, you can't relax as if you made it. You have to, you're you're going to have to be a guy who proves himself every year. And it's probably going to be in a special teams sort of role player type of a situation for you. That's the one thing about Coach Perlis. He kept it straight with you. He told you yeah. what he mm-hmm. thought. And I was happy that he told me that, not because I wanted to come in the league as a backup player or I envisioned myself being a special teams player, but because when that reality became a reality, I was better equipped to handle it. Yeah. As opposed, as opposed to feeling like I'm being disrespected, I'm being undervalued, and this and that and the other, and that's how I was able to turn my career into a nine-year career, yes. because because I was able to at least find a niche and a role that I could fill and be the best at it, and that allowed me to be one of the best during the time that I played at doing what my specialty was in the league, which was being a, a backup player and a special teams player, which helped me get to a Pro Bowl, at least one. I should have been the three, but I got to one. And <laughs> don't but worry, that, I ain't bitter. You, you, got, you got there when the Pro Bowl was fun. And what was yeah, that? Man. You yeah, man. Yeah. Who knows but, what but, it is now? But, yeah. but having that perspective of, of you know what? Nothing's going to be given to you. You have to work for it. It, it. it allowed me to come in and have a longer career than a lot of my peers that I came out with. Right. They didn't have the right mentality. Yeah. Oh, it makes all the difference, you know, when you think about that. Because, you know, you said that, that, that you know, you're going to have to work for it. And you get, that prepared you because there's guys that, you know, dogs that have a different mentality. They went to the into the league. And, and, you know, if you're not humble and understand, like, look, this is your role, fit it. 
similar to what you've seen with Draymond, right? Draymond is a guy who was that, and he's Perfect excelled example. at that. He's excelled at that role, right? Hall you know, of but Famer. He's a Hall of yeah. Famer. <laughs> because of the role, exactly. Yeah. Right? And he's not at all what he was at Michigan State as a, as a player. But, you know, you, I remember Dean Pease, you brought him up. I remember when you guys, when we come in at halftime and, and you know, we split up offense, defense after everybody's done, you know, doing the, getting their fluids and shoulder pads off and all that. <laughs> I couldn't tell who was, who, who that, the cussing between <laughs> Saban and Pease was so, like, on point, like the succinct. I, it was hard for us to decipher, like, who was yelling, who, who that was over there because it was usually a curtain. But – Peace, man. Just retired, right? Just, just now. Just retired, man. Just now. Just I retired. Mean, great and coach. Check this man. out. Check this out straight. And uh, J.U., not even lying. Uh, now, this is after the first time he retired. So, you know this <laughs> Hey, I know he's retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Mike Vrabel brought him out of retirement, I believe. So, the first time he retired a couple years ago, he called me. Called me to say thank you. For being one of so I, I felt so honored to be one of the players that he felt wow mm. obligated to call when he was retiring. Like he's coached so many players throughout his coaching career and throughout his time. You know, that time at Michigan State meant something to him. And I, I was honored that I was a guy that he called uh to say thank you to, thank you for being a player for him. And man, we, we talked for like 20, 30 minutes. Um, on the phone, and I was like, "Man, I'm like, Coach, dude, you you are, you, you're you're the same way you were, man. When I was 19, 20 years old back at Michigan State, all those years ago, and and we've crossed paths a couple of times. As a matter of fact, he was the defensive coordinator on the Patriots when they beat us in Super Bowl 39. Uh-oh. Yeah, he was the coordinator when they beat us in Super Bowl 39. We, yeah, we talked before the game and everything. He was the A question for you. Um, you know, a kid from Cincinnati, like you said, from, you know, um, the inner city there, you come to Michigan State. You know, you you bust your butt, work your way there, and now you get that call. You're a fit. You're you know, get drafted. You're in the league. Yeah. What was the first big purchase? Uh, <laughs> dude, I had the Lincoln Navigator. I bought I bought the uh, the night in '98. The Navigator, I think it just came out. So so heavy. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. I was already ten grand in the hole. You know what I mean? By the time I got drafted. <laughs> Ten, hey, that's light nowadays. I took out, I took out um, a line of credit with my agent. Yeah. So he got the card. Now it, it's all legal. This is after that. I, I, my time, my eligibility was up in Michigan State. Statute of limitations has so exhausted. So back then, you could take out a loan from them as long as you agree to repay it. So. He had basically, I took out the loan with my agent. He got the car for me. And then I, I so I was in the whole 10 grand with him already before we even started. Yeah, before we even started, I was already in the hole. <laughs> in the hole. I mean, so, 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 right, so you go fifth round. I remember that 98, you got drafted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of them times. I mean, we were all excited for you. You know, I wasn't a big pro football guy at that time. Like, knowing the fan bases like I do now, 
Yeah. And I know the Philly fan base and like how that city, you know, I mean, come on, man. I, yeah. Maybe Buffalo rivals them, but I don't know. You know, like Philly is like, yes. embodies everything <laughs> that you Hold on. No, the Buffalo Bills fans right with okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can get with the Bills mafia, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they serious now. Yeah, just so much, just so much that you know the the Philly. I, I'm gonna let you get back to there, but you guys had to go to Western New York, like uh, you know, my yeah. hometown, and get your coach, Coach Seriani. Oh, oh man. man, here we go. Yeah. 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 Where you had to get your coach from? I throw this back at him. I throw this back at him. The head coach of the Buffalo Bills was with the Philadelphia Eagles when I played with the Eagles. <laughs> 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 okay. I know half of that staff up there. I know half of that staff up there because right. they coached me in Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay, see, yeah. you know, I mean, see, see, I mean, see, folks, I mean, you get a chance to see like players from two of the, I mean, I, I think those are the two top fan bases in the NFL. You know, there's, there's, there's the Cowboys and all that. No, but, no, no, straight, no, no, no. <laughs> hey, no, see no, that on cue. No, man, I've been, I've been to some of them games. And, and it's like criminal activity that's going exactly. on in the parking yes. lot. I'm like, hey, man, it's just a game. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you know? So, hey, like, so, so, all right, man, you, so you're in Philadelphia, which fits, like, your, you know, like, who you are, man. It like, couldn't be. I couldn't have landed in a better place, Trey. I, I couldn't have landed in a better place. And um, the crazy thing is uh, when I first got here, it, it was – it was not all that sweet when you look at the football team. My rookie year, we were 3-13. and 13, um, Worst record in, in franchise history. And our coach, Ray Rhodes, uh, wound up getting fired after my rookie year. And so, obviously, fans aren't going to be happy with where the football team is at at that time. And it's a, um, it's, a, it's a fan base that I think is often misunderstood. I think is often terribly portrayed as to what type of fan base they, they are. Of course, they're passionate. They love their, they, they love their sports teams in this town. It's a, it's not like for some, for some cities, you know, the sports teams are an escape, a getaway, you know, sort of something to do in some cities In Philadelphia, these teams, it's their lifeline. It's what's in their blood. And, there's no other team that epitomizes that than the Philadelphia Eagles for this fan base. So um, they are very passionate. And uh, I think if you played here, you would it wouldn't take you long to come to appreciate it. I think when you, when you hear about them from the outside, it seems like, oh, man, that's got to be the worst fan base in the world. They boo their own players. They boo their own players, all this other stuff. Until you come here and play for them and you realize, yeah, when you don't play well, they're going to let you know about it. By the way, as they should, they should let you know about it. But when you do play well and you're winning, it's it's like it's a it's hundred times the amount of love that you're going to be shown and given than the criticism when things aren't going well. And athletes today, quite frankly, you don't deserve a pat on the ass 
if things aren't going well, if you aren't winning, if you aren't putting forth your best effort. You know, these people are hardworking people. They spend a lot of money to come to these games. They spend a lot of money on merchandise. And players need to care. If you're going to play in this town, you would better care about winning and losing as much as these fans care about it, or you're not going to last here. In other words, you better put forth the effort, and when the results aren't what we all hope they to be, the last thing these fans want to hear, oh, it's just a game. We'll be all right. We'll get them tomorrow, this and that and the other. Nah, that's not going to work here. And the sooner you figure that out, the better off you're going to be as an athlete in this town. And guess what? It ain't changing. <laughs> it ain't changing, brother. Yeah, no, sir. The names on the back of the jersey change, but the fans don't change, brother. The fans, th- these are their teams, and they're going to be here when we're gone. So, yeah, you're better. Listen, you better get adjusted versus trying to change their way of thinking because that ain't happening. No, no, <laughs> it ain't going down like that, man. Like. Thinking about the Eagles, you know, this you you got to a, a few Super Bowls in your yeah. career, right? No, uh, just one, one, one Super Bowl. Now, you know what that says? That says we were in position to get to a few Super Bowls and we didn't get there. That's so what it who, says. Who, 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 who <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot here and you, you don't, you don't have to answer it. Who cost, who cost you that Super Bowl, Donovan or T.O.? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you what cost us that Super Bowl, not playing our best football that day. Like when you're in that game, man, and you're playing against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you can't have an off day and win. So, like, that might have been our second worst game of the season. We lost to Pittsburgh that year. I don't even think we showed up for that game early in the season that year. Um, and then we lost to New England. To me, those are the only two real games we lost that year, and we played terrible in both of those games. The other games out this season, we played great in, but in the Super Bowl, you can't play bad. And and honestly, there was enough bad on the defense and the offense to cost us that game. I can't I can't put it on my teammates, man. <laughs> can't, can't put it on my, we we all got to take that play. We all I can't follow for that shit. <laughs> not, yeah. not okay, I've been doing this too long. Okay, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Talking about that. So, so because right, you, you, you're in the. Uh, but listen, you, you got to ask the question. He has to ask. You got to ask the question. It's all good. You got to ask the question. People say it was a savage question. Was that who said that? Was that Rolanda? That's a savage question. <laughs> Uh, who were your who was your favorite teammate in the pros? That's from Dougie Fresh. My favorite teammate? <laughs> oh god. Yes. I plead the fifth on that too. So I got I got way too many teammates that that um I love, man. Like give us brothers. your top three. I love like brothers. Nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because eventually this listen, this clip will be out there somewhere. And, <laughs> uh, and, there's no way you guys are getting me to name but, three of my teammates. So, like, you didn't hang with everybody all the time. That's true. That's true. That's so, who would you hang with? That's all. Who, 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 who mentored you in the pro? Who, 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 you know, who helped your game? Okay. Okay. Now we. Okay. Now. Okay. There we go. I, I can. I can handle that. I can handle that. Yeah. Right, so, sucks. I came in. I was fortunate. I had 
two uh, uh, old heads that really took me under their wing and helped me understand what it meant to be a pro. Uh, Mike Caldwell, mm-hmm. who's actually the defensive coordinator of the Jags right now. Uh, he was my he was my um, old head when I came into the league. Um, and then I had William Thomas, who was the starting middle linebacker, I mean, starting outside linebacker for the Eagles. And I basically was his backup when I came into the league. So those are the two players that kind of helped me adjust to being a pro. But here's the funny thing, fellas. I, I had guys like Troy Vincent, Brian Dawkins, Bobby Taylor, Jeremiah Trotter. Like these guys, these these guys were like my support group. Like these guys were like you, you they always tell you, surround yourself with good people. Like I really was fortunate enough to surround myself with some good people, man. With good brothers that had their heads on straight that wasn't necessarily caught up in the NFL limelight and flash and dash. They always thought about one day the game is going to end. Then what are you going to do? What are you going to do when the game is over with for you? And you can't run and jump and play football anymore. So to me, those are the guys that, that are lifelong friends. And it's, it's plenty more of them. Mm. Ryan Mitchell. I, I can go on and on and on, but these are guys that I gravitated to that had a greater impact on me off the field and my and my my life after football maybe greater than they did than what I applied to the game and what I was able to do on the field in football. And so you guys know, man, the crowd is gonna stop cheering at some point for all of us as athletes. And then what do we have next in our lives as a passion and a plan? And all of those guys helped me understand that life after football is just as important right now as you plan right now. And you had better start planning for life after football. And I'm glad I had those guys around me. So I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't have those guys around me. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. And, uh, you know, from – because there's a lot of things when you first go in, I remember my rookie year when I was in there, I was blessed to be under, you know, I was back up, I was backing up Tony Richardson, you know, a guy. I know T-Rich, I know T-Rich. You know, and he's the one that told me, like, you know, like, I'll be talking, hey, T-Rich, when are we going to practice? Like, yeah, you're not going to, you're going to work. You you know, like words like that, you know, like to just teach you to be a pro. And when you say those things, because at the next level, it's a cutthroat business. It's a business. Mm -hmm. At the NFL, but if you can find, you know, one, two, three, four people that you can, you know, like you said, so surround yourself with to teach you those lessons for afterwards, you know, then you that that success in itself there, right there. Um, Don't get me wrong. My first year or two, I probably was around the wrong people in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, think about it. Like yeah. you name the yeah. names you name; those are like Hall of Fame quality names. And you're saying that they were like the guys, the stand-up guys in that yeah. locker room, which yeah. makes you understand why you guys had such a run at the Super Bowl championships. I mean, that that, that was quality people you had there. And it's wise to like do be an understudy, if you will, with people of that caliber, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I tell my my kids that all the time, you know, you know, surround yourself with people that can help you elevate who you are, not necessarily pull you down or wanting you to carry them. 
You know what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with um, having having people around you that can help you think and see things out of the box and the norm of what you're accustomed to. And so, you know, I, I, I sat back and whether I admire those guys for the type of athletes they were, because they were all phenomenal NFL players, or whether or not I admired them for the type of father they were, husbands they were, followers of Christ. Um, like those things I sat back and I observed and I said, you know what? Those are the type of men I would want my son to emulate and sort of be like and admire. So why wouldn't I want some of that in me? You know what I mean? To, to help improve who I am as a person. And so, like I said, I was fortunate to be around those type of players. And those players are, even to this day, if you follow them on social media and you see what they're doing, you wouldn't be surprised because it's what they did as players. And now they've carried that until life after football. They, they are still doing that, helping people, being, being pillars in their communities, always trying to uplift others as opposed to tear down others. And so, you know, we, we all strive to be better in our lives. Um, but there's nothing wrong with with having that sort of support group around you where you where you can lean on guys who will also hold you accountable, who will also hold you accountable and let you know, and eh, that's probably not something you, <laughs> you you should be doing or you you know, you know that's not who you are. Let's get back on the right path. And so, man, that allowed me to have a nine-year career, and more importantly, that allowed me to do what I'm doing right now, which I love. I've been doing it for 16 years on the radio. Right. Doing it for 16 years. Yeah. 16 years. So having that sort of mindset allowed me to stay focused and, and, and have a goal and plans. And, and I feel like I'm better for it. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, you know, <clears throat> I will lose my journalism pen if I didn't ask the hard hitting questions here. So I'm going to put you through <laughs> a rapid fire before we let you go here. Okay. All right. Rapid fire. Best place to get a cheesesteak in Philly. Oh God. <laughs> you really are putting me in a bed. You really are putting me in a bed. Uh, I'm a Gino's guy. No, 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 nothing, nothing wrong with Gino and Pat. Nothing wrong with Pat and Gino, but they, we, I say we. Philadelphians consider that more of a tourist okay. sort of place. What about Max's? Max's? Yeah, you got to go to places like Max's, Delisandro's, Gyms. <laughs> like you got, you got, you got some, you got some places out there that that <laughs> you got to kind of go to the mom and pop shops, not not necessarily the, okay. the tourists. Okay, I want you trying to get me kicked out of the city or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose my journalism pen if I don't ask the tough questions. All right, so most memorable win at Michigan State. Oh, no doubt. 1995. We smacked the scum up 28-25, baby. <laughs> yeah, we had Tom Banks on here. We had Tom Banks. He talked about it. We went through the whole play, the whole last final series. Okay. Yes, out there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that best uh, favorite watering hole in East Lansing. <laughs> Bingo Hall. 
<laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> in, in Lansing. In Lansing. Lansing. Okay, so I gotta go. I gotta go with either. I gotta go with either Land Sharks or Ricks. One of those two. <laughs> those are the two best. Those are the two best. When I was there, those were the two best. Land Sharks and Ricks. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> I said the bingo hall. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, man. Hey, uh, yeah, man, this, this, this has been great. Let me tell you one thing. You know, like Ike, one thing that everybody that's a Spartan fan that if you weren't around during the, the this time when Ike played, and for those of you who were, this is the iconic picture of you when you're coming off the field in your last game at Spartan Stadium. Wow, look at that, yeah, yeah. and and the tears coming down, yeah. man. I mean that that embodies what the game meant to you and what you meant to the game. I I mean, we really appreciate you being here, man, and, and uh, look forward to having you all again anytime because yeah. this is what we do. You, you know, oh, man. man, industry, man. This is oh, easy. man, listen. It's um, great. I, I love my time there, and and I can't wait to get back up there this summer. I can't wait to see you guys up there this summer, hang out yeah. with the fellas. Um, man. Once a Spartan, always a Spartan, bro. You know that, man. Stray, I got a lot of love for you, brother. Absolutely. Um, Likewise. JU, we didn't play together, but you and I have had plenty of conversations. Yes. A lot, of, a lot of communication with each other, brother. You know, I remember. Brother, I got to say this. I got to I got to say this story. I know Stray and Pete back there is going to yell at me. Uh, but. I never, you know, knew Ike, you know, like we didn't, like he said, we didn't play together, anything. I didn't even have his number. I was going to Philly one time and I was like, man, it's Spartan dogs in there. And I wanted to take my brother-in-law to a Sixers game. I was like, oh, Ike Reese, he's in Philly. He played in Michigan. Hey, Ike, hit him up on Twitter. Hey, Ike, you know, Spartan dog, blah, blah, blah. I'm coming to Philly. You know, can you hook me up with tickets? Hey, man, here's my number, blah, blah, blah. He had me set up. Made me look good. <laughs> no, no, you got to, man. You, you got to look out. Call the king of Philly. That's beautiful, man. No, we love that, man. The interaction between Spartan dogs is always love. I appreciate you. Look forward to having you again. And we're going to see you this summer. Come yes, on. sir, man. Anytime, fellas. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks. Spartan I appreciate dogs, you. baby. Spartan dogs. Yes, sir. Life. For life. All right. Hey man, look, that was a good show, you know. Very good, and, and it's not too long for everybody, so I think it's good. Don't forget, look, Ike Reese is the man. I mean, look, can we see that photo one more time? Ike coming off the field, look at that man. Hey, do need we say more about what Ike Reese means to the Spartan dogs and the legacy that he had when he was here? Hey, that says it all, that picture says it all. That says it all, man. Hey, look, great show, Choo Choo, you know, for uh, Otis Wilder, who's on assignment down in Jumanji land. For <laughs> J.U. Culprit, I'm Jason Strayhorn. This is Sparta. Have a good night. God bless and go green. Go white. This is Sparta MSU as a combined presentation of Playfly Sports Properties and Michigan State Sports Properties. The show is produced by Pete Menez with additional support from Tony Costella. Operations and social media support is provided by Alicia Strayhorn with support from Cecily Max-Brown. On-location technical support is provided by Good Fruit Video. Be sure to follow our hosts, Jason Strayhorn, J.U. Kulkrick, and Otis Wiley on social media. To stay up to date with all the latest 
This is Sparta News. Please like and subscribe by visiting our link tree and tell a friend to do the same. Thank you for your support. And as always, go green.